I told you last night what I say. Whatever it takes, that's this fight in this locker room. That's the fight in this locker room. Like, did we do every, a lot of shit wrong today? Hell yeah. But fought. Fought for 60 minutes. We needed all 60 of those minutes. I'm so proud of this team, guys. We're not perfect. All right, we're not perfect. It's, it's tough. It's going to be hard. But this team fights, and that's number nine. Okay? So now you got nine. Okay? You got three more opportunities in our kick. Three more opportunities in our kick. But you got one today. Okay? Talk about that defense. Three takeaways, fellas. Fight, 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 right? Fight. Talked about a guy last night. That guy showed up today. Ten catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. One of the best teammates that I know who fights for his team, number 85. Hey, man, I love all y'all boys, man. It's going to take all of us. It's going to be a long journey. We got this. We got the right men in this room. Let's get after it, right? One play at a time, one day at a time. Let's keep going. That's, hey, that's this game. It's going to be hard sometimes. You have to fight with each other. But I saw a bunch of guys out there that are like, I will not be denied for my brother, for the guy next to me. I appreciate that. Team on three. One, two, three. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to another Victory Monday. Feels great to be back in the studio for our ninth Victory Monday of the season. Uh, if I would have told you uh, 11 weeks ago that we were going to have nine Victory Mondays and then in 26% of our team was on injured reserve, or 26% of our salary cap was on injured reserve. Nobody would have believed me. No. Nope. Some people wouldn't have believed me that we were 9-5 and five if we were 100% healthy. Adam Rank, uh, Nick Wright, Cucks. <laughs> Keep it going. Uh, I'm starting off. I'm, co I'm coming in hot today. Uh, no, 9-5 and five for the Browns with another cardiac kid-type performance. Uh we needed all 60 minutes, like Kevin Stefanski said. We needed Justin Charles and 70,000 of his closest You're friends. You're damn right, brother. <laughs> uh, that that state, it's there's a reason why we don't lose at home this year. The, the atmosphere up at Cleveland Brown Stadium is just it's crazy. Uh, I've been up there for one game this year. Justin's up there all the time. He comes home sick and depleted and uh, like <laughs> coming home from battle, but it was worth it. Um, so just another great game by the Browns. We're going to get into all the details. We got a ton of voicemails to get to. Uh, we're going to get to all of it. But while we're letting this thing uh, fill up, remember, if you want to get your intros on the show or your voicemails on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu. Uh, you can find us on Sp or not Spotify. Well, you can find us on Spotify. Absolutely. But, uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Tap the notification bell so you never miss any of the new episodes or any of the times we're going live. Uh, if you prefer to just listen to the podcast, Spotify is an option. Apple, uh, Google, you can find us pretty much anywhere. If you prefer to just listen, you don't want to look at us ugly people. Um, I'm just speaking for myself, guys. Um, so... And lastly, if you're looking for more content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. On the Patreon page, you get access to the private Discord, which is really the highlight, uh, especially on game days. You get to talk to everybody throughout the game, through the highs and the lows. It's like watching it at a Brownsbackers bar from the comfort of your home. Uh, so you get access to that. You get an extra episode every week. It's an episode, especially during the season, that you get to take part of. We do them live in the Discord. You get your thoughts on the show. You get to talk to everybody. Uh, it's just a good time. You get to play fantasy football with us. There's a lot of perks come in there. Dog Pack member of the month. We give away merch. Uh, so head to the jointhedogs.com if you're interested in that. And lastly, uh, we hardly ever talk about this because I always forget about it, but you can become a member on YouTube yeah. for 99 mm -hmm. cents a month. You see people using these Browns emojis. Uh, I know you made some for the Discord. Do they work in, in YouTube also? Yes. The, so we made, uh, Josh Flacco. made new uh, emojis. We got Joe Flacco. We got the Chief. So there's a lot of cool uh, emojis you can use. You can fill up the chat during these lives. Uh, and just, it's 
99 it's less than 12 bucks a year and it helps out the show a ton so if you want to help out the show in a, a cheap cool way uh 99 cents a month gets you a youtube member you get to use these emojis uh i always forget to talk about it but i saw all these emojis lighting up the chat so i figured i'd plug it <laughs> and if you do the next level which i think is like five dollars a month on youtube you will also get access to the after hours episodes on youtube as well yep so that's another perk uh and lastly again another thing while we're letting this fill up we heard kevin stefanski whatever it effing takes we have the whatever effing takes t-shirt josh is wearing is tonight if you can see it uh, if you're watching on youtube it's pro i designed this well i came up with the idea josh designed it it's a total team effort but yes. uh i think they're pretty cool t-shirts and it just kind of like this team it doesn't matter they just do whatever effing takes. Oh, this is the 2023 shirt yes i mean this is it <laughs> so if you're interested in that you can you can find the store on our website the dogs pack uh, podcast.com uh, and they're pretty cool shirts so if you if you like that check out those shirts uh I, somebody from the discord messaged us that they were at the gym and saw a dogs podcast t-shirt some girl was wearing and i was like nice get the hell out of here <laughs> I was like, quit lying bro yeah no way so apparently some people are out there wearing uh, our t shirts and we appreciate that um so we i want to just jump in talking about this game man for like i think we should start with david and joku this is a guy who a couple years ago well one he comes in as a rookie first round pick and suffers drops early in his career yep and then i feel like that stigma has kind of followed him even though i think last year we debunked like that he has dropped since the rookie year drops haven't been a huge issue for him there was like a two to three game stretch this year where he was struggling with the drops a little bit. But everybody was. But every, again, you're playing with four different quarterbacks. There's an adjustment there. Um, but man, just a guy who has become one of the unquestioned leaders of this football team. Uh, and he, he not only vocally, but he goes out and does it on the field. And it's a, I'm a huge David Njoku fan. Uh, he's one of my favorite Browns players. So to see it, like him really put it all, all together, it's awesome to watch. We kind of predicted a breakout year for him because we thought he was going to have great chemistry with Deshaun. I didn't know he was going to be on his way to hopefully putting up close to 1,000 with Joe Flacco, DTR, PJ Walker, a little bit of Deshaun sprinkled in. I didn't know this was going to be how he did it. Mm -hmm. But, man, we would not be 9-5 and five without David Njoku. No, oh, I absolutely agree because I posted the question in the chat before we were getting started. I said, has David Njoku established himself as the like the top go-to option in the Browns offense or do you think that's still Amari Cooper? Either way you look at it, you this it. guy is yeah. legit. He is elite. He has fully broken out. He's, he's a dominator. I don't think he has taken over Amari Cooper as like the biggest threat but i think he's definitely made himself the safety blanket for a guy oh, like yeah. joe flacco you know what i mean not and only the safety blanket but he's still a big play machine yes yeah. that's the first the guy never brings him down ever no. that's what we talked about in the discord earlier i said he's always at least one yak no matter what if he gets hit he's at least getting one yard after the contact if not more but he always goes forward he's so strong and powerful <laughs> aaron butler did i not decimate you enough the last time we were live <laughs> We literally just beat you two weeks ago. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, so, uh, no, David Joku, And I think it's awesome. I actually heard a thing from uh, Pete Schrager on NFL Network today. The night before the game at the team hotel, Stefanski brought up Njoku and basically like used him as, a, as the example of what a Cleveland Brown should be. Right. Nice. You know what I mean? Like talked about how, he, how great of a teammate he was, uh, how if you want to like playing like he embodies being a Cleveland Brown and then he goes out and has arguably his best game of his career. This is a guy yep. who requested a trade a few yep. years back, didn't want to be here anymore. And he, we got him behind closed doors, had a conversation with him, Kevin in the front office. And he decided that, okay, I embrace my role here and look what he's turned into. And it's not just the receiving threat. He's a great run yeah, blocker. Exactly. Now. Like he's a total tight end and he has a hundred percent moved himself into like that top yes. tier tight end rankings. Yes. You know, like Chelsea or uh, Kelsey is still <laughs> like your number one. Yes. You know, him and Kittle is yeah, a future hall of famer. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. But I, w I put him up there, right? Like he's in that tier. He's just, he's different. Kelsey's different than all of them. He's essentially yep. a, a receiver playing tight end. Great. But David Joku is 100% in that George Kittle freak athlete, and he's healthy more often. I'm not saying he's better than George Kittle, but you can talk about 
David and Joku in the same conversation when you talk about George Kittle, in my opinion. Now, I sure. want to see him stack years like this together mm -hmm. to put himself like above a George Kittle. George Kittle's been doing it for a while now at a very high level. But you can 100% talk about them in the same sentence without it being blasphemy. We always thought he had the potential. We, we were talking about the same thing right before you got here, man, on Discord. Um, we always thought he had the potential to be that guy, or at least a top 10 kind of guy. But he just never really saw those opportunities, right? He, like you said, he is establishing himself as one of the elite tight end weapons in the NFL week in and week out now um, has just been dominant. And the, some of the plays that he made yesterday, the, the touchdown oh, grab, man, absolutely crazy. And then, like you guys say, you let him get out in space, very, very hard to bring down. And he is just a, basically a rolling ball. He just is taking guys with him. I feel like he's deceivingly fast. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. I yeah. don't know what his 40 time is. I don't remember, but it seems, it, I think I talked about this maybe last week or the week before, or we didn't do a, uh, one last week, but when he gets the ball, it doesn't look like he's trying that hard to run fast, but he's, it's like he's a giant, like he's gracefully it, Do you moving, remember how Terrell Pryor looked when he ran? Yes. Like, like he's barely moving, but at the same time, he's covering so much ground. And he's it's pulling like, away what? from everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look like he's working super hard, but he's just pulling away from people, running through every single tackle. Like, well, I mean, he's a freak athlete. Yes. So it's, I'm so happy for David Joku and what he's been able to do this season and the way he's embraced his role as a leader for the Browns. Um, the touchdown catch was, I said yesterday, it was a man catch. Yes. He caught the back end of the football, first of all. Like, he didn't catch the full ball. Like, he caught it at the very back end, and the ball didn't never moved out of his hands. Like, he didn't. And bobble it and nothing. It never shifted. And he went to the ground the whole way. The ball never came to his body. The whole way to the ground with three hands on the ball. Two of his and one of the defenders. And he never lost the ball. He, uh, by the way, just not only was the catch impressive, but that that throw yeah. is why Joe Flacco was brought in and why he was named the starting quarterback. DTR and PJ Walker don't make that throw. Ooh. David Njoku was blanketed. But the, the, the defender... Did not have his eyes on the quarterback. You, he was. He saw Flacco saw the back of his head and said, "I can throw it up here because this guy's not going to know the ball's coming." PJ Walker, DTR aren't making that throw. Mm -mm. They're not making that throw, and they're not making it accurately. That's why you brought Joe Flacco in. Um, Joe Flacco, I think we should touch on it. Man, it was looking rough for a while. <laughs> okay, and, and here's the deal: I don't even 100% blame him because our line was Swiss cheese. I don't know if you guys realize this, but once once Betonio went out seven of our, our guys playing were not day one starters. We were playing with, with seven backups. Uh, right tackle, center, left guard, left tackle, running back, all backups. Quarterback is the backup. And then uh, Tillman wasn't a day one starter. Yeah, right, yep. And then by the end of the game, we were down to our third center. Yes. yes. Which I, is just unbelievable. And then the offense somehow got better. <laughs> yeah, but I so I'm usually very not very calm, but I'm pretty calm, cool, and collected throughout the not game. Yesterday. In terms of, but yesterday I wasn't even upset. I'm just watching Hudson in uh, the left tackle Christian. Christian. Um, I'm watching them basically essentially be Swiss cheese. Yeah, it was making bad. Montez Sweat look like Miles Garrett, and he's very good. Don't get me mm. wrong, but we were making him look like Reggie White or something. And boy, Mark Sanchez was oh, having Mark, a field day on that. Mark Sanchez, I, I call him a <laughs> cuck on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but go ahead, yeah, the tackles. But and I'm watching them, and then we can't run the ball for crap. After I mean, Betonio wasn't in much, but once he went out, the run game not not there. It was all. barely there to begin with, we and then don't it just. And I'm watching this, and I'm going, well, I'm not. I'm more sad than anything, but I'm thinking to myself, the injuries might have finally caught up. Like we. I don't see how we score points if this is the pl line play we're going to get. And not only was I thinking that about yesterday, I started thinking about going forward. How do we score enough points to win any game if this is the line play we're going to get? And all of a sudden, we turned into the greatest show on turf in the fourth quarter. I don't know where it came from. So I'll be the first to admit there was two to three times in that game where I 100% thought, well, this one's over. And I wasn't even mad. I was just more like sad that it had finally caught up to us that we couldn't overcome this much. Mm -hmm. And then they proved me wrong. I'll never do it again. I'll never, <laughs> I, it, never I guarantee again. one of them was after the muff punt 
when it was like, cause we, that was like in the third quarter when we had yes. what barely any yards at all, single digit yards the entire quarter. And we're sitting there talking, you know, on discord, like we can't move the ball. I don't know how we score. They muffed the punt. It's like, oh my gosh, they gifted us the ball, like right at the goal line. At we, least we're going to, we can three. finally get some points on the board. And then the very next play we throw the pick Yeah, and it was like, well, that's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for today. And it was a crazy good interception and it would have been a touchdown for sure. But it was a play action and we got, we was like, man, if he throws it sooner, but he has, he has to do the fake and then get his head. He didn't have, he just didn't have time. I don't know if he saw the defender. I yeah, feel like I if it, I feel like if it wasn't a play action and it's just a straight three-step drop, it, I feel like it doesn't get picked. I feel like it's a touchdown. Um, but the guy made a crazy play. His other two picks kind of on receivers, uh, not running right routes, stuff like that. Um, but I would say that we talked about this earlier, the second pick, um, the one that was the pick six, I, I don't know if you blame anybody. I think you just say, I mean, Tillman ran a route, Flacco hit him in the hands, but as soon as the ball touched his hands, he got smacked by the defender, ball popped out. I said, nobody's nobody's catching that ball. Oh, dude, in 99 times out of 100, That's that ball hits down. the, it just, it's a big hit and the ball goes to the ground. The defense made a hell of a play. Yep. What are you going to do? The I mean, fact they're a good defense. Popped up to him. And they return like that's just yeah. the kind of luck the offense has had this year. Yeah. Uh, yep. The we Ravens, spotted them fourteen of their seventeen points. The Ravens humiliated Browns in their house by twenty five points. Your mere two point win was nothing. Oh. Meant nothing. Apparently, quit, he, quit looking at Aaron. He Butler. must be on the college football playoff committee. The wins <laughs> on the on the field. The what happens on the field doesn't mean anything. And I think he's forgetting that we had to play DTR on two minutes notice. So. Yeah, we beat we'll the be backup okay. quarterback. Backup. T- we'll be okay. Well, I, I've already said my piece with you two weeks ago. Go watch it if you forgot. Because uh, uh, we all know all you do is spend your free time watching Browns things. You're a closet fan. Uh, John, what are your reactions to the game? You've been sitting here for now for 10 minutes, and you said not one single word. I'm sorry, man. Just, you know, whatever you guys said. Um, <laughs> not, Kevin's a good coach. Can we start there? Yes, we can. He should. We need to start there and finish there for sure. He should 100% be coach of the year. He is, in my opinion, Kevin's coach of the year. It, he's, uh, he's done some really amazing things with – I mean, you just don't see it. With a team that goes through half of what we've gone through folds. And we're 9-5, and five, man. It's crazy. The, the fact that he, he has galvanized the locker room as much as he has and has brought – like he brings a guy up like Njoku, gives a speech about him, props him up, and then he goes out the next day. Like that's coaching. You know what I mean? And – this this Texans game might be like it's it's a playoff position spot potentially and also like could be battle for coach of the year because I think Agreed. like it's it might be down between him and and D'Amico Ryan's I know Dan Campbell's name is being thrown around out there also and I think Dan Campbell's a good coach mm-hmm. but he's literally had a healthy roster on a team that everybody picked to win the division at the beginning of the year right you know what I mean like who couldn't coach that. I mean, he, the hard part for Dan Campbell was two years ago. You know, he built this thing up and now he's, you know, I'm not saying he's not coaching well, but he's had it relatively easy this year compared to us. So, uh, and I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. I thought it was funny when he proved people like Joy Taylor wrong. <laughs> you say relatively easy. I say anybody who's still got their starting quarterback, you got it good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no kidding. We've been through four. It's wild. Well, coach of the year could come down to, our matchup next week. Yes. So, yeah, we'll we'll, get, we'll do a preview later this week about the Texans. But did I not just say that? What that coach of the year could come down to our matchup next week? Yes. Well, he's only got one ear. Yeah, he's deaf in one ear, bro. <laughs> we leave the guy alone. Jesus, man. I thought maybe there was an echo or something. I had it, you know, lined up, and then I guess I just zoned in on what I was going to say and wasn't paying attention. Oh, you were locked in, brother. You stand on that point. Uh, another guy. While we're calling people out, I want to talk about. What about the Anthony Bell? Yes, sir. First start of the season. Uh, I was looking essentially tied for second in the team in tackles. I think three guys had six and three guys had five. And he was one of the guys with five. Him four, and Hickman. Uh, four solo yeah. tackles, uh, one pass defense, the interception at the end. His tackle for a loss huge. late in that game on yeah. second down was huge. That was a great open field tackle. If he doesn't make that tackle, the dude's running for 10, 15 yards. I don't think you could have asked for a better performance out of either of the safeties. Hickman or Bell yesterday, both of those guys played their asses off. Yes, they did. If you would have told me, hey, this is is what we're rolling into and this is the kind of performance you're going to get. I'm not surprised, though. I mean, we've been following this kid for two years. 
Mm-hmm. And we knew that, you know, he could lay the wood a little bit, but we, we weren't a hundred percent sure Delpit is a huge role to fill that dude. I mean, honestly, if he doesn't get hurt, he still might make the pro bowl. Honestly. Yeah. It's pro bowl. See, <laughs> I, I think he still could make the pro bowl. I couldn't have asked for more out of those two guys yesterday. The, the entire defense, honestly, if it's not for the defense yesterday, this game isn't, isn't close at all. The uh, defense just every series came out and played their asses off. Yes. The uh, five highest graded defensive players for the Browns, miles Garrett at a 92.3 Dalvin Tomlinson at a yes. great game at 91.6 undrafted free agent signing Ronnie Hickman at a 90.6 yes. undrafted free agent signing D'Anthony bell, 78.8 and D tackle Shelby Harris, who I thought played a great game. Yes, he did 77.2. Like, so the people who crap on Barry, don't look know what at, they're talking about. Look, look at the production he's getting from the absolute bottom of his roster. The depth on the roster is un, you can't question it. You can people are like we need some depth at the O line. We are we we're at the bottom. We're of at it. the bottom yes. of it. How much depth do you expect We've a team to it. have on one? The fact that we actually have players to keep putting in. Like when Nick, I had forgotten about Whipler. When Nick Harris went down, I was like. Who is going to, I was like, is Harrison Bryant going to have to go into play yeah, center? Play center. <laughs> I, I was like, who is going to come in? We're in. If, if one other lineman got hurt. Yeah, we'd be, I don't know what we would. I don't know. There was a point where we were, we had done Hudson, uh, Jerron, Wyatt Teller and Luke Whipler in there. Yep. And then that's when shit took off. Like you said, like, I remember looking at my mom and going, uh, well, there goes Nick Harris. Like, this is our third string center now. <laughs> Undrafted, like, right? Or was he seventh, uh, round? seventh round? Seventh round. Seventh round. But um, my goodness. Uh, gutsy, gutsy performance from the team. Well, and Joe Flacco, and that, like you said, that's when things took off. He had 212 yards in the fourth, the fourth quarter. quarter. The most by any quarterback in a single quarter in the entire NFL this season. That's, a that's super insane. impressive. Yeah. Super impressive. I, I was telling, uh, telling Josh earlier. So the stadium, everybody kind of just, I wasn't like the fans were checked out, but the stadium just wasn't normal until Amari Cooper runs that 51 yard touchdown. I took, literally for a half hour, nobody sat down. Well, I thought and you said place, it was the, wasn't it the Goodwin? 50? Goodwin kind of like got people going because okay. then there was a little bit of belief like, hey, you know, we can get the ball. That was moving. a sweet play by the way. Yes. <sighs> yes. Because at that, up to that point, we couldn't no do offense. anything offensively. There was no run game. The pass game really wasn't there. There was tons of pressure on Flacco and I'm just like, well, maybe this is our, it's not our day today. You know what I mean? That place was fucking electric. Nobody sat down for, I I, I kid you not 45 minutes. It was rowdy as hell. Dog pound. There was 40 dudes in the dog pound, just no shirt on. It was freezing cold. Yeah, The place was nuts. And Newsom was in the dog pound, hyping the friggin' fans up, just ra- just rallying. It's insane. Uh, the defense plays with so much swag. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter, so we were losing like down 10 or something, and Newsom made a great play, and he was dancing. And somebody said, maybe this is just like the, the boom reaction to me, but dancing when you're up 10 just seems stupid to me. And I was like, guys, the They're defense is the only reason yeah. we, we have 14 points off turnovers and that's it. They've held them to three points in this ball game. And what makes our defense special is that edge. Yeah. They, they play with an edge. They play with swag. They play yes. with an attitude. Don't, you can't take that away just because we're down 10 in the fourth. How many times have we come back this year? Yep. See, so, no, you like, that's, that's what makes us special. They, they, they say they're the best in the world and then they talk it and then they go out and they do it and they prove it. So now you can't take that away from them. Like that's, that's what they do. It, at home. Yes. <laughs> Primarily. Yeah. Now, as long as we can carry that into Houston next week, that'd be great because we do need a very solid road performance from our defense to beat Houston. Before we do anything else, I just want to say it's really nice to have all four of us in the studio tonight. Well, like hello, this. all four of us. How are we doing today? I like this. Yes. Right. It's been a while since we've all been here, so. Um, Yeah, for the holiday. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you've heard me talking about Omaha Steaks for like three years now. And seriously, the only reason that I, I keep doing it is because I love Omaha Steaks. That's the reason I reached out to Omaha Steaks to establish a partnership in the first place. This food is absolutely extraordinary. It comes at a really 
really great price. I mean, think about the price you're paying for meats and all kinds of foods right now. The price you pay for the quality you get at Omaha Steaks cannot be matched, beat, anything, anywhere. And this holiday season, Omaha Steaks is the absolute perfect gift to get all the loved ones in your life. For me, it just makes Christmas shopping and getting people gifts that much easier. What do you get for people that, one, you don't really know what they want, you don't really know what they need, and they pretty much have everything they need anyway. People can always use meat. They can always use food. Get them Omaha Steaks gift packs. They throw it in the freezer, and it's the gift that just keeps on giving. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use our promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out, you get an additional $30 off your order. Send the loved ones in your life, the tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, the mouth-watering burgers, the gourmet jumbo franks, or even those easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. So get this offer now while it lasts this holiday season. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get that extra $30 off your order. Happy holidays, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Minimum order may be required. You so, want to do a voicemail? Oh, I forgot about those. Yes. Yeah, we do have a few yes. of those. Uh, we'll just, we'll kick it off with Kenny Mack today. Yo, Dog Pack, it is Kenny Mack, and what a day to be a Browns fan. This team, man, they really make me want to buy two things from my next Browns raffle. Depends and pacemakers. <laughs> this is the Cardiac Kids 2.0. This team's unreal. I mean, the D's so good that our offense, they can let the other team have 10 to 14 points, still win the freaking game. Man, the plays of the game for me, the turning point was Cam Mitchell's shoestring tackle on Justin Fields. The undrafted, Bell and Hickman, they were good. This was the biggest worry for me. Man, combined, those guys had 10 tackles, the game-sealing interception, and two passes defensed. And then Flacco's two TDs, they were unreal. Njoku, that catch... And that fall down inbounds, awesome. And then that pass to Cooper, that was the smallest window. Man, this team is a team of destiny. And now this team's a passing team. So stop talking about the run game. Because this backup offensive line, they can't do it, man. But you know what they do do? Whatever it takes. My favorite part of that voicemail is he said doo-doo. I know. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say that? Uh... (laughs) So, team of destiny. That's every time my dad texts me about the Browns, I just say team of destiny. Yep. Uh, my dad watched. My dad's obviously old enough. To, he watched the cardiac kids. That was like when he was watching the Browns at my age. So, like watching this again, he always he's like, "This is like watching the cardiac kids play football." He's like, "It's it's just it's crazy the, the comebacks in with this team." My dad is extremely pessimistic about the Browns, like some old Browns fans are. Okay. And like Josh used to be 10 weeks ago. Uh, so the only during the game and they have him tuning in. Like my dad is listening on the radio when he can't watch there. There were times in the last couple of years where my, my dad might not even watch the game for like a month in a row. And now he's like, he's back. And I used to, I mean, I gave him crap for that kind of stuff, but you know, he'd been doing this for 50 years and not getting much out of it, uh, <laughs> you know, since the, the late eighties. So, the, I mean, he's back in and it's just the city. I feel like the city is rallying around the team. They just love the fight. It's a very Cleveland team. Yes. Just fighting for every scrap not never giving up uh, and in like it doesn't have to be perfect. And this is what we've been screaming all season to people who listen to the podcast. When you're it's professional football, when you're playing against professionals and you're coaching against professionals and these guys are in the top 1% of what they do in, in the world, it's never going to be perfect. I agree. Mm-hmm. A win is a win. I had a guy at work telling me he had people complaining to him about, well, we only won because he didn't uh, catch that pass at the end. All I heard was is that we won. Yes. That's that, literally <laughs> the same thing. Oh, man. Well, if Mooney doesn't drop that ball, I don't give a shit about that. How many times in our lives has that play gone against us? Yes. That would be a play in the past that he makes that catch and we walk out of the stadium fucking pissed off. Yes. So <laughs> to me, I don't care that he dropped the ball. You know what? Maybe for the first time, hey, maybe God doesn't hate Cleveland as much as we thought. Maybe things are going <laughs> yeah. on our way. You know? 
That's all I'm saying. I don't care about that. We won nine and five. Let's go. Yeah, like you could do that. Well, we only uh, we went into one, or we only won because Amari Cooper caught a touchdown. Like that's how stupid that's how I mean, it works. If, if you're, yeah, how, oh, we, have, catching the ball, making plays—that's part of winning. And we held them to three points on all, their offense. Generated three points yesterday. That's it. We gifted them fourteen. We gifted them what was the absolute most bizarre series of plays I've ever seen at the one yard yes, line for them to score the first touchdown. And then we threw the, the pick six. That was it. Yep. Uh, the bears, by the way, which we know they, they have before yesterday, they had won three or four and their only loss was a tight one to the lions. Yep. And people need, I don't know if people realize this, if they listen to I, Cause I did a quick preview episode real late Saturday night. So not a lot of people probably got to hear it, but the bears had the top, the number two ranked rush defense in the league coming into that game. They're I, good. Yes. I knew the weather, like I was worried about yeah. the weather. Uh, like Ken, I think Kenny made a great point. The Cleveland Browns for the rest of this season, they are not a running football team. And people need to get that through their head. Yes. We will not be a running football team. It's going to be very limited. It's going to be so pass heavy against the Texans. If Stroud plays, I already said before, expect 50 plus passes. Just keep the defense honest. Yes. That's all we're, that's all we're trying yeah, to do. We, I mean, we're not going to abandon it completely, but it is right. not going to be a run focused offense. The, uh, there are times, like there was a play yesterday and I don't want to crap on the guy, but I, we're playing with a backup line. Okay. Backups everywhere. And I understand that he's a backup, but we were expecting him to, you know, be a big role player this year, but Jerome Ford just misses so many holes like there, there is a play where he ran it for like a one yard gain. And if he just makes a cut, there was a semi truck sized hole right up the middle. He might've ran for 50 yards would not been down in flag football. And instead it was a one yard gain. And I was just like, we can't run the ball. No, like it's, it's almost not even an option at this point. If you, it's getting to the point where if, if you call a run play on first down, it's going to be second and eight plus. Yep. If you're lucky. Yeah. Second if and eight. Yeah. Like, second and eight would be great. Yes. Like it, it, Kareem Hunt is the battering ram for short yardage situations. And that, that's essentially it. If he comes in between the twenties, we're screwed. He's not getting more than a yard. No. A carry. I love Kareem Hunt and I love what he's brought to the team this year. But there were so many times in that game yesterday where you just, you just watched him. You're like, this guy is slow as crap for an NFL running back anymore. We have all backups on the offensive line. Defenses know that. Well, there's no threat from the quarterback to run. So if we let's just take away the run game. And that's what they're doing. Like our our run game isn't good to begin with. And then when the defense just takes it out completely, there's nothing we can do. We have to throw. What criteria are you guys using? Too. I am not bashing our coach. I just want him to be successful ever. When you have an opportunity after an INT in your first pass play, your first play call in the red zone is a pass. Well, you have two options run or pass. And what is more has been more successful in that day? It was for the last couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. So what you would have rather him ran it on first down for one to zero yards and then had to throw it on second down? Like what? Where I don't understand the reasoning. The throwing it on first that. down is is I would feel like it's a higher percentage. And a lot of play. teams take the shot, the big shot yes. after that. You have the defense in sudden change. Yes. They weren't ready to be on the field. You go and you take your shot uh, you, while you have the momentum. When you throw the ball on first down, it's because the defense is looking at you going, well, it's 50, it is legit 50-50. They can run, they can throw. Whenever you're in second and long, like we just talked about, second and nine, second and eight, defense is like, they're going to have to pass here. So now they, they can key in on that. But on first down, they're still a little like, eh, I don't know what, what exactly they're coming out with. And then they do the play action. Yes. Quit it, quit it, guys. It was a well just stop. stop First down this. is the easiest play to pass on. Yes. You you always hear like when there's a struggling quarterback, you hear people say they need to get him some early down throws. So the defense is, you know, has to defend for both. Yep. And you get him some easy completions on first and second down, get him in a rhythm. Nobody says, uh, if you really want to make it easy on the quarterback, let's let him throw on third and long. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's never been point. said ever. Um, well, and here's the thing is we can run the ball two, three times every, you know, every drive, but we would have lost that game 17 to nothing. We would have never scored the, the, especially even like the passing game wasn't efficient. There was never any run game yesterday. No. How many rush yards did we have yesterday? Do we know off the top of our head? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I saw it, it. It wasn't a lot. We had 40, 39. I'm looking. 
You, uh, it was bad. I know one, one point seven, nine, 18 carries for 29 yards. Oh, okay. My fault. <laughs> oh, that gave him way more than yes. Uh, Jerome Ford had eight carries for 20 yards. Kareem Hunt had seven for eight. Pierre, uh, strong had two for two and Flacco was credited with one rush for negative one yard. Nice. Okay. So it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. We ran that. We still ran the ball 18 times despite being down, you know, double digits heading into the fourth quarter. So, and we, we threw the ball 29 times. How many plays did we run? So if you, you know, you look a little deeper into this stuff, you say run the ball more and stuff like that. We didn't have the ball that much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. So we had the ball for 67 plays. We had the pl- ball less than they did. Time of possession wise, we had less plays, but more time of possession by uh, two minutes, 31 to 29, even. I've never seen that before in my life. They had it for 29 even. We had it for 31 even. That's crazy. Uh, um, penalties. They had four for 19. We had nine for 48. I want to do, I do want to talk about this real quick. It is like the official, Miles complained about the officiating, and instead of the officials being like, okay, we need to keep a cl- close eye on this, they just got together and said, ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, and by the way, the boss is in the building. Yes. There's, yeah. If you're Roger they, we Goodell, hell, don't worry. If, there, oh, if there's, there's no way if you're Roger Goodell, you watched that and thought, this is good. This is good for the game. <laughs> yeah. And Jerome Ford makes his like one nice run of the day, gets us down to the four, and they call the most ticky tack bullshit hold on Dunn that I've ever seen. I never, I didn't even see a hold. He had his arm out, never grasped, never hooked, nothing. And they call a hold. And I am watching Miles get tackled, yep. horse collar blocked. They didn't get, they had not one holding penalty. Nope, not one. We have a team called. with Miles Garrett, Dalvin Tomlinson, and uh, Zadarius Smith, and they didn't hold one time? I think there Get was, the fuck out of here. <laughs> wasn't there one holding on Tomlinson whenever he came through and the guy had him like all the way across the chest and his, he did like a, I forget. I think there was one. Well, that's good. At least we got one. Oh, we got, okay. So maybe I got worked up for nothing. Yeah, I no, Chill you can out, get worked bro. up over the miles stuff because it's ridiculous. Like he, get, he gets it every play. He's getting, like you said, choke held. Horse collar just pulled around everything, and they don't call it. And, and I think it's ridiculous that. that he calls out the referees publicly last week, knowing damn well I'm getting fined for, for this. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. he says it anyway. He gets fined twenty five thousand. Get magic. Getting fined twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars just for saying something. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Holy shit! And then they come right back the very next game, and that's what that's what they do. No, call him out again. I w- uh, he's got money. To you got the money. Yeah. Screw it. Call him out again. I like, if I was him, I'd have went to the bank before the game took out 25 G's in cash and just held it up while I just, said it and burn it. I would, <laughs> have, took out, I would have taken out 50 and just started talking. <laughs> yeah. Again. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a problem. It, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, and it wouldn't be as bad again, if we wouldn't turn around and get called for the most ticky tack shit ever. Some of the holds that we get called for, I, I, watch the replay and i'm like i don't even know what they're talking about in terms of (laughs) like where what was the hold and and we have miles garrett on our team and he can't draw a holding penalty it's it's wild to me we got more voicemails we do i was gonna say there's a little bit of a dead zone there uh letting john chip in but (laughs) hey this one's from mr mick cardiac kids 2.0 It's me, Mr. Mick from San Diego. Even in the last five seconds, the (laughs) Cleveland Browns and the godforsaken NFL gods, demons, whatever you call it, have to have me sitting on the edge of my seat, even on the Hail Mary, Darnell Mooney in his hands, and man, oh man, didn't catch it. Thank God. A win's a win. I'll take it. 11 starters on the IR, 20 plus on the injured list. Uh, We had a lot of turnovers, like uh, I heard on the podcast earlier. As soon as we hit that magic two mark and we started going over it, I'm like, well, looks like it's going to be an L. And then whatever it takes, Kevin Stefanski, whatever it takes, the players stepped up. Our defense held strong. Our defense played so well today. 
I wish we could have had one or two of those interceptions. Newsom, Mitchell, we had opportunities, but man, we pulled it through. Rack and stack. Let's go, boys. Go Browns. Yeah, because on that preview, I did say, let's not talk about limiting or like eliminating turnovers. Let's just say, can we just keep it to two? Expect two, and they're probably going to be in a bad spot on the field. Well, I wish they, they were. would have went for six. Uh, <laughs> a couple things that Ronald Harper adds on YouTube are getting ridiculous. I feel you, man. I've been getting pissed sitting here. I got the live pulled up, and it keeps going to ads, and I'm like, well, there's, you know, two cents in my pocket, but uh, <laughs> why are we getting so many? So I feel you don't, it's not us. It's YouTube. Um, then he said uh, another one. What about Tillman being shoved out of bounds? Oh yeah, that's right. Right in front of her. Yeah. She didn't, oh. not a thing. Li- right in front. She's literally standing right beside him. Mm-hmm. He like might've bumped her on his way out of bounds and she just was, eh. but <laughs> you're allowed to do that. Apparently just shove people out of bounds the officiating and we've been bitching about it all season we've been bitching about it for years and it's getting worse it's getting worse and and to people who like and again we're winning games and i i don't like to i i don't like to blame officials for losses and we we won so it doesn't matter but if you want to know why browns fans hate it so much we're the reason you can't buy glass bottles in stadiums. True. Go back and watch Bottlegate. It's a real Just thing. Get on YouTube and look it up and realize that that has been happening to us since. And it hasn't stopped. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. We could have been in an AFC championship game a couple of years ago uh, if they call yeah. a penalty that would 1 million percent have been called against us. You'll in, never convince me in otherwise. In the era of player safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are like, oh yeah, that that helmet to helmet contact, that missile tackle to the head, totally cool. So, um, but no, team of destiny. We we touched on Kevin Stefanski a little bit. Uh, I don't. There's nothing else. I've been online to see if I see. I haven't even seen much hate this week. No, they're, they're running out of the stadium. A little bit of stadium. They're running out of ammo. The thing that yeah. again, we're still getting in the chat too is like, oh, should have run the ball. Should have run the ball more for for what? A one-yard gain, a one-yard loss. What do you want? We can't run the ball. And, guys, it's just about wins and losses, and he's getting wins. He's the second coach now, only the second coach in Browns, uh, like modern-day history or something, or last 20 years, whatever it is, to have uh, two winning seasons. It's farther than that because it was Marty. Yeah. So it's back to the 80s. So, uh, and Marty Schottenheimer is a pretty good coach. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Kevin Stefanski is going to be here for a long time, guys. He's, a, you know, knock on wood. He's a very freaking good football coach. I keep telling the, the Stefanski haters and the Watson haters, you guys are going to hate the next several years because this is what we got. But the, they're, good. I, I didn't see, I got on to see if he was catching any flack. And they're like you said, they're running out of things to criticize him for. You can't, at this point, any argument you make, just, we all know who you are. You're a Baker fan. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say, well, he abandoned the run. I'm like he had to. And we won. You would you would yell at, if he kept running the ball into a brick wall. Yeah. You would say he doesn't know how to make adjustments. He did run the ball into a brick wall against the Steelers, and people bitched about that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It, he doesn't adjust in game. Once he gets off script, he can't call a game. But we come out and he f- changes off of what he does. Ah, uh, he abandoned the run. Like, mm, just go watch. Team That's an play. adjustment. Like, Abandoning the runs an adjustment. Like, hey, we can't do this. We're going to do something different. Yeah. All right, well, let's do Tyler. Hey, Browns podcast, it's Tyler yet again, coming to you from downtown Cleveland, from the Browns stadium. We just squeaked another win. Screw the haters. Don't worry about the mistakes. We won. That's all that matters. We're going to work it out, and we're going to come up with another victory. Don't worry about any of that old stuff. We're going to make it work. Let's go. Copy that, bro. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, somebody in here, Flacco TD passed to Cooper. So I, I uh, Jake Burns, he's been on the show before, posted uh, some of the all twenty-two on Twitter. I don't. I didn't notice it on the TV view from the side view of live, especially because then I was you know losing my mind. But from the the behind the offense view, that's one of the best throws in the NFL this year. That they had the they literally called the perfect defense for our play. They had they should have had the play stopped, and Joe Flacco puts it on a freaking rope. Yeah, in the Between only spot it could be, yep. and it ends up in a huge touchdown for the. That is that's one of the best Browns throws I've seen a quarterback make 
in my life. Uh, <laughs> that includes any of them that I've ever watched. And I, I don't know. I never would have imagined in a million years that I would f- love Joe Flacco. I know. <laughs> not, and not just love Joe Flacco, the player, because let's be honest, in three games with the Browns, he's two and one great. He's thrown for a lot of yards. He's turned the ball over a ton. Okay. If this was like, if we weren't winning the games, people would be shitting. Oh, them. yes, they would be. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but don't get, I love what he's doing for the Browns because he's been put in a tough spot. He's come in, he's delivered for us where we need him to. Uh, but it's the guy, Joe Flacco. Which that I didn't know, like well, how much fair, I would we, like him. We didn't care about Joe Flacco, the guy before he was a Brown. That's just kind of how it works. Yes, yes, and I hated him because he was on the Ravens. Right, exactly. But man, just the the way he's come in, he just seems like appreciative of the opportunity. He just kind of he almost seems like an extension of Kevin Stefanski on now, the field. They have a mind meld. You know yes. what I mean? And it's just, um, I feel like he's done a good job of just coming in and kind of like fit right into the locker room, and he kind of fits in with the city in terms of like just his attitude and his work ethic and his caller. Yes. Like, man, talk about like a godsend. The fact that he's just still sitting out there. Yeah. And I had a hot take. So like, uh, we play the jets in a couple weeks. This is a little off topic, but I I had this hot take talking about Joe Flacco and still being available. They just benched Zach Wilson again. Well, we got, he had a concussion. He actually had a, went out with a concussion. I thought he got benched too. Okay. Okay. I was going to say like, there's no way they can ask this guy to come in again. And if you want to, if you want, this is my hot take. If Zach Wilson was on the Browns, he would be serviceable. I'm not saying he would be good. I'm not saying he would be the starter. I'm saying he would look, he would look like a football player. He would look like a guy who could come out and play sometimes and be a backup in this league. Jets have rotated multiple quarterbacks now this year behind that offensive line. They've all looked awful. And behind we've yeah. rotated and, yeah. and we've rotated four quarterbacks behind our offensive line, which is pretty much all backups now. And they all look either decent to really good. So I, I agree with you on that. Like I just, I just think it, the fact that he pulled a 38 year old Joe Flacco off the couch a guy who everybody said was washed. There's a reason he's available. The Jets didn't want him. Nobody wanted him. All this stuff. And he has him throwing for 200 yards in one quarter. It's the most amount of yards anybody's thrown for in a quarter in 45 years for the Browns. That's what yeah. people said about yeah. Jacoby Brissett, man. You know, you know yeah. like they said that about Jacoby Brissett. Oh, you know, he's like a, a an okay backup quarterback. You know, when he was the starter with the Colts. Yeah, you know. And then what did he do? He came in and shined for basically 11 games. Yes, this guy, is, he's given all these people their career years. Yes. Now, this isn't Joe Flacco's career year, obviously. He has a Super Bowl. But it's but his, in this era of his yes, career, yes. His, uh, and Baker's having a better year this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it helps where he gets to play sub-500 teams all freaking year. Go check his stats against any team he's played this year above 500. It's all losses. And all of his stats are pedestrian to terrible. Yeah, it's not the AFC North down there. <laughs> no. So uh, I saw a comment here that said on the Ultimate Cleveland Show, everybody was talking about Baker's season. It's like, guys, if Baker was in Cleveland this year, he would be having a 2021 season. With, with behind this line. Yep. That would be bad. It would be bad. There, it would be bad. Like, let's not get it twisted. He's down there with Mike Evans and... Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. White. And he's playing in a division where he plays bottom feeders throughout his schedule. And he's still one game below 500. Yes. They don't even have, if the, if the Browns were in the NFC South, we'd have clinched three weeks ago. Oh yeah. We deep easily. Yep. We're already a playoff team. And he's fighting for a playoff spot with the Falcons. <laughs> Who just lost to the Panthers. Yes. And he, again, and he's, a, so yes, that's, that's just stop. Baker would be on IR. I, yes. A hundred percent. So, uh, we got to get that twist, get it, get it out of our brains. Do we have a, uh, but that was my hot take that Ken Stefanski could make just about any quarterback look serviceable. I think it's decent. Yeah, we do. We have one voicemail left. This one's from Brad Moneymaker. Oh, yes. What's up, Browns fans? This is Brad Moneymaker. Did I have 45 heart attacks? What? Did Blake and Josh almost want to give up on the team? What? Is this team ridiculous with the amount of injuries? What? Do we still find a way to win at the end? What? Is Joe Flacco still high of ice in his veins? Yup. What? D-Hop, the most legit kicker in the NFL. What? Boys, we got nine wins. Nine freaking wins. Three games left. We're seven and one at home. Yo, 
these injuries are crazy. Hopefully, AB uh, addresses some of the O-line injury problems. And uh, we keep we keep uh, doing this a game at a time, boys. That's all we can do. Let's get this thing. Woof, woof. So, injury update. I did see Kevin Stefanski said today that there were no significant injuries sustained after yesterday's game. That's Everybody who went out or was injured during the game is considered day-to-day. So... That's good news for the O-line with Batonio, Thank hopefully. God, now, yeah. his was like a back tightness, and like his back tightened up. I don't know if it was a back spasm or He what. came in with, he tried he to come out in practice, and okay. then Say he tried he, to play. They said he came out it. yeah, and worked yeah. out after, you know, halftime and just it, it locked up on him and he couldn't go. So hopefully he's okay, ready to go. That's good news for the other guys like Zadarius and the guys that, you know, we lost during the game. Yes. Nick Harris. He brought up a couple points that reminded me of things. Um, to the I, I address Stefanski haters a lot on this show. Today, I just want to address Browns haters. Guys like Adam Rank, who picked us to win six games this year in the preseason and then was on Twitter bitching about Njoku's touchdown, like be, saying he was out of bounds. Learn the rules. If you're going to talk about professional football on TV, <laughs> know the rules. It was 100% a touchdown. It's a toe tap. That's, they reviewed it. Yeah, they reviewed it. Dumbass. <laughs> Uh, this guy's just been getting shit on every every win week. He hasn't been right until like two weeks ago. He finally got one of our games right. He had us winning six games. Nick Wright. With a healthy roster. With a healthy roster. Nick Wright, beginning of the season, picked us to finish fourth in the division. He said with a straight face, we had the worst quarterback in the division. Did he forget about Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph? Did he forget about these people? Uh, he said that with a straight face. Said uh, we were going to have a lot of soul searching. Said we had the worst coach in the division. Nope. Uh, yeah, so Nick Wright. Cowherd, he's put us in his hierarchy a couple times. Also, uh, a few weeks ago, said the Browns will go off the rails. I just want to tell all you guys, get fucked. <laughs> we, we literally don't care about you in Cleveland. Yeah. I, Freddie Kitchens has no place as a coach here. He's got one of the best quotes of all time. If you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. Yep. Get shit on. Yep. Because are. we don't care about you. We don't care about your opinion here. We're just going to keep fighting and winning football games. And you can complain about it on Twitter with your dumbass haircut, Nick Wright. Uh, <laughs> Warren Sharp on here uh, talking to Warren Sharp talking shit when we traded for Dustin Hopkins. This is what made me think of it. Uh, so they drafted a kicker with a, a fourth-round pick and then uh, cut him and then traded another pick for a kicker. You would have thought they would learn not to use draft picks on a kicker. Well, who's the best kicker in football this year, dumbass? Who's won us a bunch of football games? Who's second in the league in points? It's the kicker we traded a seventh-round pick for yep. that we wouldn't be 9-5 and five without. No, Turns out you need a good close, kicker yeah. in the football, uh, in the National Football League. Look how many teams are searching for a kicker and lose games because they don't have a kicker. We were that team since Phil Dawson left. What did we say? The average margin of victory in the NFL is three, three and a half, something like that? Yeah. So, look, go look at all of our games and look at the margin of victory for most of them. Yep. So, yep. Warren Sapp, go go apply some mustache wax. Uh, <laughs> Coward, just keep doing whatever it is you're doing, flip-flopping all the time. And Nick Wright, whatever. Roll the dice. Yep. <laughs> Roll the dice. If he's a geese, get it against the world, baby. Let's go. Yes. Because it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's so embarrassing, some of the takes from the beginning of the season. Uh, and these people were making assumptions on our wins and losses, assuming we were going to have a healthy roster. Right. Yep. Shows how, like they just, it's all narrative. Think if we had a healthy offensive line, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, where do you think this team would be right now? Yes. Even if we didn't, even if we didn't have Deshaun, if we just still had a 100% healthy Nick Chubb and all five starting linemen. Yeah. Now, I'll even give you Jack Conklin. If we still had Dewan Jones, yeah, sure. the other four linemen and Nick Chubb, where would we be? I think I, my dad said, imagine where this team would be if they were hundred percent healthy. I think we would be the favorites in the AFC. It'd be us or the Ravens. And, uh, we beat the Ravens with all our backups. That's true. They beat us when we had to start a rookie on, you know, two minutes notice. Then we went into their house and beat them with that backup. You know what the nice thing is though? Like at the end of the day with all these things that are happening and injuries and we're still nine and five. We're still doing well. We're sitting at the five seed. We have the second best record in the AFC, don't we? Or what are the um, what are the Dolphins now? No, we're, well, we're tied. The, the Ravens have the most at what eleven? Yeah, eleven and three. 11 and and three. Dolphins are ten. And Dolphins have ten. Okay, and then we they have got nine. ten. 
Um, the, okay, division, so the division is still out there. So I'm going to pose this question to the chat while we still got five minutes here. Would you rather win the division, but you maybe, but you play Baltimore in week one? Would you rather get the five seed and play Jacksonville in week one? I want to be in Cleveland. I'd rather win the division for... I want to be in Cleveland. I don't want to play every playoff game on the road. The thing is, if we win the division, we probably get the bye. Right. No. Well, you don't think? That depends on the record. I'm saying, I'm saying. Oh, you mean the first in the, yeah. Well, just because only, the Dolphins have some, they got to play Dallas and they got some tough matches. Yeah, but in order for us to win the division, that, means, that means the Dolphins beat the Ravens. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, that, w- that most likely wouldn't be on the, the table. I sent this in the group chat the other day and I said, honestly, if we want to, if this team like, as Browns fans, we believe in this team, right? Yep. So if we want to go to the places that this team thinks that they can go to, and as Browns fans, we want them to go to, there's a good chance that we see Baltimore, and I absolutely, let's go. I think this, I'd like to see them. I think the smart money says you want to play the Jags, obviously. I don't think right. they're as good as Baltimore we saw right. last night. But a home game in Cleveland... I, a home playoff, a home game. playoff game yes. in Cleveland. Yes. That atmosphere and like, our defense at home. That's the thing. Like yes. our defense at home. Yep. I, and I think if we can, if we can somehow pull out a win uh, against the Texans, and the Bengals lose, is there a ch- like? Is there a chance for us to have a playoff spot clinched uh, before the Bengals game? Yes. Is there okay? I'm so sure. sure. So if the division's not on the line, if the division's not on the line, would you sit guys week week eighteen? Who they're all backups. <laughs> yeah, there's no, <laughs> no way. I see what you're saying. You know, like would you like would you like, sit would miles? You, sit miles. Would you sit Amari, uh, David? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because we had a week five bye. It'd be and, nice and, to have another oh, bye. A lot of times, I don't want to. I don't like to rest people because I don't want them to get rusty. But man, Teams we do could. It. We could use a break, probably. I don't think this team is the type of team that a week off is going to hurt them. I mean, they came out after a week off and beat the 49ers. This is true. I think we'd be just fine. I would love to be in position to say, you know what? Let's take the studs that we still do have left, which aren't many, and rest them. Let's get some guys healthy. Maybe we get some younger guys, Bell and Hickman, some more of these guys that are playing at a high level, some more experience because we're going to need them in the playoff run. Says no, we can't clinch it this week. I, I not okay. this week, not yeah. this week. But I think if we win this week and beat the Jets, we would be clinched. I think I so. I think we. I would imagine. Um, but It'd be nice if we had that tiebreaker over the Broncos. Do you guys want to talk about the Texans just for the last couple of minutes? Yeah, we can do that. Sure. So I know this looks like a tough game on on paper. Obviously, every game's tough when you're rolling out. Uh, you know, only eighty four percent of your salary, uh, but. We have a great defense. If they can travel just one time, please, this yes, year, that's travel. The, thing. Um, the Jets just completely shut down this team, even when, when C.J. Stroud played and he got the concussion that game. We can play at that level. We yeah. can shut them down. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm not – obviously, it's going to be – every game's going to be a tough – I think the Jets game's going to be a tough game. We might have to win one to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, be, just because of, you know, we're going to have untimely turnovers. You know, we're not going to be able to run the ball. But I think if our defense can just travel, just travel this one week, show up big on the road this one time when you got a chance to really put some distance between yourself and the other wild card teams, our defense can shut this team down. They, yeah. the, the, all they had, they got Stroud and Noah Brown. Right, I don't know if Nico Collins, Nico Collins. is going to be. He healthy. was out this week. So he's is questionable. Tank Dell's gone. Yep. Like we got, and if you play, uh, if you play Case Keenum, I don't know if Stroud's going to be back. I would assume he is, but yeah, I would assume if so. you got if it's Case Keenum, you can't lose that game. No, and opinion. Will Anderson missed this last game. The rookie mm-hmm. edge rusher. So I mean, I don't know what his injury was. Uh, we'll have to look into the you know all the texts and stuff as the week goes on, and we do our preview show later in the week. But you know. We've proven that we can play banged up. We've yes. proven we can win games with the bottom of the barrel of our depth chart. Yep. And um, the Texans. I will say this. We have to, this would be a huge win, and it's not a make or break. Like, we can lose this game, and we still got a great chance to make the playoffs and everything. But there's a team out there, like, slowly kind of, like, making their way back and stalking. Cincinnati? No. no. Then, oh, Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. They figured I, out their offense. Yes, and the they are a very scary team. And yeah. uh, and then Cincinnati, Jake Browning's playing way better than anybody expected, yes. especially after that first game he played against the Steelers, and they, they looked like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I uh, 
I don't want to, Buffalo is like they're coming and I don't want to give them any window. Yeah. I would love to, to go on the road and steal this one. Uh, so man, I just want the defense to travel just this once, just travel for us one time here and, uh, and help us out. Yep. This is the time. Uh, so I, hopefully we got to everything. It was hard to get in a word with John today, but uh, <laughs> I did want to say, I saw somebody earlier say like, how was vacation? I was off last week. Obviously we were, took the little one to Disney world. So that was a lot of fun. So that's why the preview show was late and the reaction show after the Jags, when we did real quick live on Sunday, but moving forward, I mean, we've got Texans coming up and then we're going to do a quick turnaround after Christmas, obviously on Christmas day, that'll be the day after the Texans game. We won't be in studio, but that Tuesday, We'll do the reaction. We'll do the Jets preview because that game's Thursday night. It's going to be a crazy week after yeah. Christmas. So uh, we we appreciate you guys being here, tuning in. Thank you for joining us on this crazy season, uh, having you guys. I look forward to Mo- Victory Monday episodes all day when I'm at oh, work. Yeah. I'm just like, man, it's Victory Monday. I can't wait to get on, talk with everybody who's going to be in the chat. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here, supporting the show, uh, always making the lives great. Over 100 of you guys in here uh, watching, commenting right now. The chat never stops. We appreciate all the support. Um, if I don't see you guys for the preview on Thursday, sometimes I make them, sometimes I don't. Hopefully you guys all have a great Christmas. Uh, and again, if you're looking for some Christmas presents, pick up a whatever it fucking takes t-shirt for your little one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Send them to school with it. That's yep. right. And it's, if, it's kind of get it. censored out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But they'll get it. And if, if you want to hang out with us throughout the week, you want to hang out with some of these Browns fans from all over, uh, join the dogs, become a dog back member. We'd love to see you guys in the, the uh, Discord. Uh, again, thank you guys for being here. If you're in Northeast Ohio, stay safe tonight. We're supposed to get a ton of snow. Uh, we want to see everybody back here in the chat next week after a good, fun, safe holiday. Go Browns, 9-5. and five. Screw the haters. Uh, playoffs, here we come. Play it against the world. Yeah. Go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.